2: Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services.
3: Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio.
4: Welcome to Good Morning Football, presented by Ram Trucks. This week we are live here in New York City. It's Thursday, March 2nd. I'm Jamie Erdahl. Jason McCourty by my side, as he usually is. And he's looking across the table at Devin McCordy, which you've been used to your whole life. And Ryan Leaf joins the party as well at the breakfast table, which normally you're not at the chair. But welcome inside the table.
5: Thank you. Yesterday was my first day really kind of with the group here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, finding my way around. Mm-hmm. Liking it. Good. Yes, you guys Ed are very on. enjoyable. Right. Yes. Yeah.
4: Right. Came back. He I came, came back. back. That's the important oh, thing. Man. Yeah, yesterday we accomplished your first whiteboard Wednesday. Today we'll do regular Thursday things, so you're just being indoctrinated accordingly.
5: Okay, Mixed I appreciate that it. Well, Teach me. You know,
4: we're going to hear from Peter Schrager and Tom Palacero as well just shortly from Indianapolis, but Dev's going to get us rolling with the lead block. Lead block. lead block. <laughs> Lamar Jackson's contract situation still still up in the air. My God, how long has it been? Yesterday we heard from uh, Ravens GM Eric DaCosta and head coach Jim Harbaugh about where everything stands with... their
2: quarterback there's a couple different franchise tags Uh, we're hopeful that we'll get a deal done with Lamar before that happens but uh, sure they're big numbers we've known they're big numbers we're prepared for that and we've got four or five or six different plans based on what happens over the next ten days and we want them back and so yeah we understand that Uh, living in a world without a quarterback is a is a bad world to live in
6: he's my quarterback he's my guy I love him and uh, as a coach, I just I'm looking forward to seeing it get done, but it's not easy. You know, it's never easy. It's the business part of it. So, um, but I'm really hopeful and excited, fervently hopeful, and uh, can't wait for it to get done.
4: The Ravens, they do not want to be living in a world, a bad world, without Lamar Jackson. I can't blame them, but that bad world is certainly a possibility yeah. because we are inching closer to a time where the Ravens have to make a decision. So we created a scale, and that scale goes from 1 to 8. And now you have to slap a number on your confidence level that Lamar Jackson indeed will be a Raven next season, and, Dev, he will be playing quarterback for Baltimore.
6: I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to start right smack in the middle. Hey, there you go. I'm going to go 5. I mean, listen, this has been going on. Wait,
4: wait, wait. Oh, hold on. Wait, wait.
6: Great smack in the middle. I mean, one through eight. Oh uh, well, all right. You guys talk me on board. <laughs> I know scales through are eight? usually one okay, to can ten. Okay, we go back to but, the analyst. All right, hold on. Where's number eight? The one hold through on, eight. Hold play on. on words. Welcome to the show.
0: Get, get, get <laughs> in.
6: I'm gonna be dead smack in the middle, and I'm gonna go four, Very good. <laughs> right in the middle. I mean, listen, this has been going on for a long time. If this was the case and we were like, that's our quarterback, we need to get this done, it's like yeah, all quarterback deals are large numbers. We all know that. That's not like a surprise that we need to sit here and say it's large numbers. To me, the bigger question is, you heard DeCosta talk about it. There's all different tags. Does Lamar Jackson want to play on a tag? Is he going to get tagged any type of tag you want to talk about? The exclusive, the nonest. Is he going to say, you know what, I'm showing up and I'm playing on it? Or is he going to take – the, the mentality of I'll be at training camp. You've been in situations like that with the possibility of being tagged going into free agency. Were you a player where it was like, hey, if I get tagged, I'm not showing up or like, hey, I welcome the tag because there's a ton of guaranteed money. I'm, I'm showing up and playing on the tag, but I'm not Lamar Jackson. Yeah. We just saw last season having a good year, playing well, Just like that, he gets hurt, and then it's like, well, should they pay him? How's his knee? Is he going to be okay? So for him, no, I want the security. I want to get my money. How's it come I want my money, and I want it now. There you go. If I'm Lamar Jackson, pay me my money, fully guaranteed, like we've been talking about probably for months. Let's get it done. But I don't know if it gets done.
5: J.G. Wentworth. J.G. Wentworth.
4: Nice. Very good. Um,
6: <laughs> if, <laughs> he was mulling <laughs> over there. Like, which, which one I is like, it? I want to make to sure I'm right the with it. Of I hear enough of commercials
5: every day about, it, like, I want my money and I want it now, yeah. right? Uh, if this deal would have been done, it would have been done, okay? Yep. Like, if this is their franchise quarterback, what are, you, what are you doing? Pay the man if he's your guy. And so you're telling everybody in the world, I don't care if you're telling them that back to the script. Uh, I love you. You're my guy and everything like this. It would be done. So, my number's 4. Like I'm in the middle, too. I really think they give him the non-exclusive tag. I do think someone steps up and gives the first uh, gives two first-round draft picks mm-hmm. and then signs him to an offer sheet in the long-term deal and Baltimore because they haven't been willing to pay the money. Yep. Doesn't pay the money. And he's somewhere else next year. Does go? does the Jets Give that off? Jets a team that could. I believe the Atlanta Falcons are a team that should. Um, With Arthur Smith, we heard, I it like that. Yeah, we just saw um, a situation in Miami where Mike McDaniel talked about maybe not giving Tua a fifth-year option. We heard that yesterday. Yep. So Miami's a, a, a possible place. Uh-huh. There, there's a lot... Uh,
4: 'Cause they might not go with Geno.
5: They might not. I I don't I don't know if they give that up at Seattle. Mm. Yeah. I don't I don't know about that. I mean there's every team that is, is quarterback who needs a quarterback would be in the conversation. Mm-hmm. It just depends on if you have the capital. Yeah. Because you gotta offer two first rounds and then and then um, sign him Inside. to an offer sheet with most likely being $230 million yeah. guaranteed money.
6: Yeah. Yeah. You, you'll go crazy if, if Miami does that because uh, like the ultimate two ago. Right. Yeah, I love to. Uh, good player played well last year and from you can't go for right? no matter what your number can't be four. they already stayed dead smack in the middle. I am going with a seven. I'm not gonna say absolute and go all the way to eight. I'm going with a seven. One thing that stood out to me when you heard DeCosta talk, he said, living in a world without a quarterback is not where you want to be. I don't know what the other options are for the Baltimore Ravens to get a quarterback. It is this guy. And when you look at the production with and without Lamar Jackson, since 2018 became the start in week 11, The one stat I want you to look at is points per game, 28 points a game with Lamar Jackson, 17 without. And I know it's been a long time. They haven't been able to strike a deal and all of those things definitely factor in. But a lot of times when we talk about contracts in the league, it comes down to the last second, the last minute, where there are no alternatives. And like both of you said, they've talked about the different types of franchise tags that can be placed on him. And when I hear that, I hear, hey, we want to strike a deal. But at the end of the day, if we're not able to strike a deal, we're going to place one of these franchise tags on him to keep our quarterback in the building. So as I look at this, I think Lamar Jackson remains a Baltimore Raven because this is a franchise that they want to win. Their defense played well last year. You look at the playoff game; they were right in the game without barely scoring and without Lamar Jackson because of the play of the defense. So I think they keep Lamar Jackson and they find a way. If they can't get a deal done now, franchise him and try again next year. Does he play on the tag though? I th- well, we shall see. Yeah, I, I don't think, think he, plays, don't think on he plays on the
5: tag. Yeah.
4: I'm go he
6: played the entire year on the last year of his contract without a deal in place.
4: But maybe he, fe- he feels burned now that he just did that because he was thinking that they were going to come. They were going to see the light and come to terms with that. And like all of a sudden that was going to be the thing. Mm-hmm. And then it didn't. To Dev's point, he gets hurt. He obviously didn't play well enough for them to slap $231 million on the table. I think the Ravens wish they could go back to March 17th of 2022 <laughs> before – Cleveland signed their quarterback mm. to a five-year 230, thinking that in some way, just like Dev wanted to rewind and start at the top of the can we go back and maybe try to convince Cleveland to not give $230 million guaranteed to their quarterback, who didn't seem worth it, still doesn't seem worth it at the time, so that we don't have to be, abide by that number? Because yeah. that guaranteed five years, $230 million. Five years! To, that is the only number Lamar Jackson is looking at, and that's the only number he should be looking at. Yep. Rightfully so. It's cute that Eric DaCosta is saying that this is our guy. A world without your quarterback. You know, you're going to have a quarterback. It's just, is it going to be the guy that you want? Because he has a number in mind. And he doesn't have an agent. He wants. He doesn't want to give any, up, any percentage up to anybody else except anyone in his inner circle. Lamar Jackson knows what he's worth. So the fact that they're saying this at the Combine, that it has been almost a year since that standard has been set, and the Ravens have not come to the table with that number, I just don't see the number changing, and it shouldn't. My, my confidence is like plummeting every day that goes by, and it has been for the last year.
5: I'm not mad at it.
4: Seven to two and two fours on this side. And we're a little worried about your math, but we'll work yeah. on it in the class. I,
5: I, I, I almost want to, after hearing the conversation and, re- and seeing how I put it, I almost want to lower mine because, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I threw that out there about the ex- non-exclusive tag that somebody's going to step up and get yeah. it. That, yeah. that, to me, means he's not going to yeah. be... Yeah. In I know where you.
4: I I also thought about putting four because I know what you guys did. You, you essentially think that they're going to meet in the middle. You want to pick fours, mm-hmm. your confidence level, because mm-hmm. you're like, okay, they've said it. They've extended the verbal commitment, and now you want... Lamar to come back and it's like no there is no meeting in the middle here there is a number there is a standard uh, Peter Schrager Tom Palacero in Indianapolis where all of this sound and these reactions from GMs and coaches are coming from what do you guys think about the situation going on in Baltimore ongoing as it may be
7: yeah good morning Jamie uh, to your point last year these conversations started we're here in Indianapolis same set as first of all how good does this look we're here it's fantastic and that's not a
3: green screen that is real i'll go down there if i have to prove it
7: (laughs) that's how good it looks um but you're right lamar jackson's a lot of the conversations in these hallways in these buildings and the prospects we'll get to in a moment but tom uh we've been here all week it's the number one topic as much as we want to say it's the prospects or it's rogers lamar is the number one topic here empty the bag on what you got and respond to the folks in the studio
3: let's start with this there have been two multi-year fully guaranteed contracts for quarterbacks in recent nfl history it was kirk cousins three years 84 million with the vikings he had to play out two franchise tags to get there and it was deshaun watson who was facing serious allegations of sexual misconduct but from a football perspective had a great deal of leverage because the texans said anybody who meets the price you can negotiate directly with deshaun he had four different teams bidding ended up having the leverage to get a five-year, $230 million deal. Lamar Jackson's greatest leverage came and went two years ago. When he was going into the fourth year of his contract, he was due $1.7 million. Mm -hmm. Lamar does not have an agent. There is not an agent on the planet who would have advised him to show up and play that year. He already had three accrued seasons. He would have lost nothing or less than a million dollars sure. by not showing up for all the training camp, not showing up until midway through the season, forcing the issue, not unlike what Kyler Murray's agent did at this very time In a one year ago.
7: memoir and wrote something to the entire world that we all mocked, but actually got the deal action. done. Yeah, 2022.
3: Lamar plays for about 23 million dollars on the fifth year option. Again. No agent would have advised him to do that. And this is not to take shots at Lamar. It's to say at the current moment, he does not have the leverage that Cousins or Watson did to force a fully guaranteed contract. In addition, Lamar, by playing for about $25 million as a former NFL MVP over the last two seasons mm-hmm. already put himself behind in terms of starting that money train rolling. So whatever full guarantees he might eventually get in terms of actual cash flow, he's, already- he's always going to be behind. So we'll see exactly how this plays out from this point forward. The types of offers, and we've seen some of the numbers publicly that the Ravens have offered Lamar Jackson, have been in line with every other quarterback contract. I certainly understand the emotional argument from Lamar and from the guys back in studio they played the game you're putting your body on the line every single week Lamar Jackson's also a player who the last two years was not available in December and January the concern back here at the scouting combine on him was narrow lower body Mm -hmm. over time with his play style is he going to take some hits is he going to get beat up two years two years in a row you had lower body injuries that took him off the field at the most important time of the year the Ravens Would like him to be there. They'd like to get a deal done. They are trying to pay the man, but they're not going to do it in such a way that they've got to put $200 million into escrow, unless, of course, they shift on everything they've been doing, Peter, over the last two years and decide to. Really well said from that
7: side of it. Two quick things from this end. You need someone. To trade for him and take on that contract and also give up potentially multiple first round picks. To your point, Deshaun Watson, as much as we all scratched our heads, four teams were in the bidding and the bidding got higher and higher and higher and he got to choose. Lamar doesn't get to choose and I don't have any team right now that I know that is not only willing to make that trade but also offer him
3: that same guarantee that he wants. Right, so if you do the exclusive tag, that means two things. One, only you can negotiate with Lamar, Mm -hmm. but two, you now can see what the trade value is because you have control. It's not like the non-exclusive tag where any team can sign him to an offer sheet and the price is set, which is two first-round picks. They also potentially could put the non-exclusive tag on Lamar Jackson and say, go see what you can get. Yep. See if you can get a fully guaranteed deal. Maybe the best deal he gets is still not fully guaranteed. Maybe he does sign an offer sheet and then the Ravens say, all right, somebody else did what we haven't been able we to. We can match it now. We match it. We've got Lamar for the law.
7: Last point. It's not like Eric DaCosta doesn't want to deal with Lamar directly because he doesn't have an agent. Roquan Smith didn't have an agent, and they got a major deal done. They worked out a structure, and they actually did. So it's a unicorn situation. DaCosta's worked on millions of contracts in his career as a GM. They want him to be a Raven. We'll see if it happens, but it's fascinating. Welcome to Good Morning Football. Ryan Poles, the general manager. Matt Eberflus, the head coach of the Chicago Bears. Guys, how are we doing? Doing good. Doing yeah. good. It's great to have you here. Uh, Matt, we'll start with you. You, you. you end up the first year here as the Bears head coach. We say, okay, we're building towards this season. When you assess last year and you turn the page to this year, what was the big takeaway from year number one of what you're building?
8: Yeah, just really about foundation, you know, about setting the culture. You know, Ryan and I in the building with the players, uh, with the staff members. It's, you know, so important to set that culture. And really it's about being respectful to each other and working hard. And uh, that's what we got done last year, and it's really good. So going into this year, we got a lot of young players um, that we set the foundation for, the draft picks from last year, a lot of the young players that are our core of our team. And we're going to add some guys this year, so we're excited about that. Great.
7: right? first overall pick, obviously there were reports coming out that you guys would list into offers is that something you would proactively be doing or is it one of these where we sit back we're the ones holding the keys and we'll kind of take calls if they come
5: yeah i think
9: there's phases to it but right now just kind of sitting back and um and taking the calls as they come and and listening and and then we'll get together and kind of see what's best for our organization moving forward
7: you know i read an article on the bears website talking about you guys in your meeting room and how you're approaching this thing and i loved it there's a putting green there is a (laughs) dartboard This is a different way of going about this, but you're trying to get to know these men and their competitive nature. Can you both speak on what you're looking for from a Chicago Bear if you're drafting them in the first or second, third round?
9: Yeah, just hardworking guys that love football. We talk about it all the time, you know. I think some of the best players in this league have their, they're passionate about football and we want to see that come out of them. We want to see the competitive side come out of them. So we were talking uh, before we got here and Felice was like, you know, what can we do to kind of loosen the guys up and see if they got a little competitive juice to them. So uh, we decided on darts and, and putt-putt. Darts. Darts and putt-putt. Okay, so you yep. come
7: in and say you hit the bullseye. Okay, I'm going to and we're competing. It's yeah. Here's our wide receivers coach. Go up against them. Is that what it is?
9: Yeah, or? that's exactly what it is. Yeah, <laughs> there's been some interesting outcomes too. Yeah, yeah. The
8: coaches aren't that great at it no. so, but <laughs> no, they're actually. Yeah, okay. the players
7: are way better than <laughs> the coaches like, that's yeah. for Is that sure good thing or a bad thing that you're better at dark no never mind yeah, right, um, right. first overall pick obviously we're talking about possibly trading the pick but there are some really talented players at the top of this draft yeah. when does that start coming into form and say wait a second maybe we shift and maybe it's yeah. we're just going to take the best guy available
9: yeah we're going to weigh all options and the beautiful thing about the combine is we get to sit down and, and pair the film and and the evaluations that we did this past fall and then pair it with the the personalities and the makeup and you know the football intelligence it's been an unbelievable process to get some of the guys up on the board talk about their film have them regurgitate and teach us mm-hmm. what they were taught and just how smooth it comes out you know from a lot of them so um you know We've got to weigh those options. It's, it's not an easy decision at all.
7: Yeah. no, You never want the first overall pick. It means that right. there were some struggles. And yet, such a young team, so much to build on. Justin Fields made giant leaps last season. Coach, when you look at Fields and what he can bring next year or what you view him as now as a Chicago Bears quarterback, what do you see and what's really the ceiling for this young man.
8: Yeah, we really feel, Ryan and I, that he took a big step last year. You know, he did a really good job of operating the offense. You know, you're learning a whole new offense. And then mid-year, he started to really take off. And uh, we're excited about that. And then going forward, you know, he's like everybody else on our football team. We have to improve. You know, we got to improve our fundamentals, our techniques, and uh, he's no different than that.
7: And some would look at it and say, well, you got to get him weapons also. you got to get him players on the outside. That's something you guys will approach free agency, draft. Do you have a targeted idea of how you're going to look at wide receivers, tight ends, and the yeah, I think it's
9: important to just understand values. Um, so, you know, we have a, a way that we evaluate talent and how they stack up on the board, and we got to stay true to that. Um, Every draft, every free agency is going to look a little bit different. Um, But I think it's important just to continue to add talent across the board. And if that happens to be in positions, you know, up up front or or playmakers on the outside, um, then that's even better. So we'll look at the landscape when we get back from the combine and and make some good decisions.
7: The defense has been your forte over your career. Take over the head coaching spot. We saw some awesome performances from some young guys. can you name some guys that popped out for you that you think showed a lot of growth, maybe in year one, year two, wherever they came from in their career, and what you envision the defense for the Chicago Bears, which has such a strong tradition with the Yeah, I mean, chance.
8: really our draft picks. You know, uh, you know, Jaquan Brisker did a really good job, had a heck of a year um, back there. He's going to be a very impactful player for us, as we saw. You know, Kyler Gordon did a you know, really good job um, playing in different spots, you know, playing the nickel, playing outside. So he had a, a couple really nice interceptions late in the year, which is awesome. You know, Jack Sanborn, you know, because mm-hmm. the injury came on. And uh, really did a nice job for us inside there. So there's several guys that we're excited about, and we're going to add some pieces. You know, we got a really uh, experienced now secondary, yeah. Because um, you know we got those rookies all the time. You know, and uh, with Eddie Jackson back there, and different guys, Jalen back there. So it's it's going to be exciting for us to add those front pieces, you know, and other pieces around them, you know, to really solidify that defense.
7: Right. You were with the Chiefs for many years. Mm-hmm. They go and they they win the Super Bowl while you're there, and then a couple years later they win it again obviously you're watching from afar when you see this team with the first overall pick and what feels like everyone on the outside might think is a mountain to climb and yet you've seen it crystallize and seen it out there how do you translate that to your front office how do you translate that to your staff and then how do you kind of bring what you've seen right to reality in Chicago?
9: Yeah I I remember it clearly and I think you just got to continue to add talent and then you got to solidify the culture that you're going to set from the beginning and I think we've done the beginning steps of that you can feel it you can feel it in the locker room guys enjoy being there they enjoy each other there's a brotherhood that's kind of forming you know in our organization and and also we have a you know developmental mindset to make sure that we develop these guys so we put them in a position to to be the absolute best they can be so that's a lot of what we did in in Kansas City and and we're trying to do obviously it's going to be done a different different way Um, but to have that success and kind of lift the organization from where we started there to where they are now uh,
7: that's the goal and I'm excited to get there when you look at this first overall pick and I hate to keep on harping on it because I know that everyone will say it's not just one pick there's multiple picks in this draft and there's multiple drafts that we're going to be here Did you meet with any of the quarterbacks? Do you go through that process, or is it one of those where it's like, we've got our guy, like just block it out, or you just go through it. You want to meet everybody.
9: Yeah, I think it's good practice to meet everybody, um, to have that exercise. And, and like I've said from the very beginning, you know, when you're in this position, it's a unique position. So you have to do the homework. you got to spend time with with all the prospects, the quarterbacks, um, every position, and get familiar with them. And then you make the best decision you can for your organization.
7: Coach, your second time around on this thing, do that your feeling is about this draft overall. You've been in a million of them. You look at it as a class. Is this one where teams can really build? Is this a good draft class compared to other years?
8: Yeah, it really is. It, you know, in spots that we're, you know, coveting for for our Bears and uh, it's an exciting time for us. You know, we get to add these pieces and I'm excited about onboarding these guys. You know, once we get these free agents, once we get these draft picks, now let's bring them into our team and really uh, intermix those guys with the guys we already have. So I'm excited about that piece of it.
7: Really quick, do you have a timeline? If this pick was to be like, is it going to be a draft day thing, or is this going to be? It could happen anyway. It could happen today. It could happen March, if this trade pick was to be traded. Yeah. Is there a certain deadline where you want to get that thing done?
9: No, there's not a deadline. You know, we'll we'll finish up this week. You know, especially Sunday, Monday, sit back and see what we have, and, and make a decision. Is it better to do something, you know, next week? Um, or is this something we should wait until, you know, draft day when we're on the clock? So uh, we'll weigh those options and see what's best. And, you know, there's a, it's a really cool opportunity to, to increase, you know, our roster and get better.
7: It's really cool you guys both came on together. We've done a lot of interviews with coaches, a lot of coaches, a lot of interviews with GMs, but this is the first tandem, and I can see how you guys work in unison. The viewers at home can see it. Yeah. Wishing you the best of luck, and Thank these you. next few months are important, but, of course, September to January and maybe even February, that's what really matters most. Absolutely. Yeah.
4: Brian, I know Kellen Moore, uh, after hanging out with you yesterday, he's your guy, it sounds like. You're very thrilled for him to have moved on to the Chargers and be in L.A., but that means a change for Dak Prescott. He's saying he's excited about it, but what do you think about this change?
5: I I think he was made a martyr. Hmm. You know, I I really, and I've been on the show talking about the Dallas Cowboys, and I thought the liability was Mike McCarthy for the last two years in terms of time management, what he did as a head coach. Now you're asking him to take on more. Right? That, that, for me, is an exception to the, what was successful. Also, Kellen Moore is great at taking accountability for stuff. I don't know if uh, you don't have Kellen Moore the last couple of years. What he saw two years ago in their loss to San Francisco, how he addressed sometimes the, their offense disappearing to what he did a year ago, I, I don't understand it. I really don't understand why they let him go. And I do think Dak, I think he takes a step back. I really do. I think there's a bit of a regression. And I think ultimately the big reason why Dan Quinn came back and didn't take the Denver, Denver Broncos job is because he's in the wings to be the next head coach in, D- in Dallas if it doesn't go well for Mike McCarthy. Mm. Uh, and I understand it. I get it. I love what you said yesterday. I, I thought it was spot on. He's taking it on. He's like saying, hey, I'm going to call the plays. If I'm on my way out of here, It's going to be on me and what I do. And so him and Dak Prescott are really tied at the hip with one another. Mm -hmm. And the success of them both will lead them to the success of the organization and the team. I just don't see it happening. That thought Kellen Moore was a huge part of all that.
6: Yeah, he's had a ton of success there. I would challenge the fact that you talked about the changes from uh, the San Francisco game a year ago, but if you look at their two playoff games these past two years and how they've performed on offense and how Dak has performed, from Mike McCarthy, we heard Stephen Jones yesterday of the Cowboys say, like, hey, back-to-back 12-win seasons, but we haven't been to a title game, and it feels like forever, almost 30 years. So you have to hope that – even if Dak overall, for the span of the season, if there is a little bit of a regression, if his numbers drop a little bit, what is the result in the playoffs? Because the last two years, this past year, 12 points in the playoffs. The year before, 17 points against the San Francisco 49ers. So yes, we can put up all the numbers in the world, be at the top of the league and scoring all throughout the regular season, but for whatever reason, the last two years, it hasn't translated in the last game of the season for the Dallas Cowboys. So is Mike McCarthy the answer? Hell, if I'm Mike, we'll find out. Like you just said, Ryan, I'm going to go out and see if I can be the reason we're able to get over the hump. If I'm the head coach, and that's exactly what McCarthy's doing. I'm excited for Dak. You know, Mike McCarthy was a quarterback coach in Green Bay years ago. Brett Favre, we talked about Matt Hasselbeck yesterday, quarterback guy, friendly with him, got along with him. Now he's going to take time to be back in that room with Dak, doing all the things he did when he went to New Orleans in 2000 with Aaron Brooks, another quarterback that wasn't this huge name. But what they do, they place top ten Five years, top ten two times, eleven, uh, a third time in that five years. So he's going to get back, do those things, hopefully get help from a guy like Dan Quinn and different things like you said for time management and those things but he'll get to do what he does best I think and lock in on calling the offense.
4: Not just about the quarterback room in Dallas though, to your point Ryan yesterday, it's the wide receiver room mm-hmm. and there's like they need a true wide receiver one that stuck with me yesterday and thinking about CD Lamb, we were happy for him that he played better than previous years but it still didn't seem like to your point good enough and if this change is going to be made in the offense in Dallas, it has to go out but the problem is the wide receiver free agent market is kind of dried up this year like the list is is just okay. There's no splashy name besides odell beckham jr if that's the guy you want to go out and get and jacoby myers yeah all right uh but cd lamb still with his numbers he outranked all the other wide receivers or pass catchers combined in dallas just by his production which still wasn't good enough obviously in dallas so it's more than just a quarterback problem elsewhere in that division free agency is looming what will the giants do about daniel jones peter schrager has joe shane on the line and by the line i mean he's at the desk sitting right next to him he's going to get answers from the giants gm next
7: welcome back to good morning football we're here in indianapolis and so are the big fellas the offensive linemen are walking through the corridors they're going to get their measurements done they're going to go there look at there it he goes excited young man number 95 draft him that's it i want him um all these guys are coming through it's the biggest job interview of their lives and they are ready and who are they interviewing with NFL general managers, NFL head coaches and one of the guys that we've been looking forward to speaking with, Joe Shane, general manager of the New York Giants. Welcome to Good Morning Football. Yeah. Thanks for having me. We love having you on. You've been on the show before and now that you're here in Indianapolis and you look at this thing, it's like we really turn the page to next season and yet with the New York Giants, there's still a lot to figure out. Uh, you came out this week, you talked about the Daniel Jones situation. Saquon, Daniel Jones, both going into this contract deal. Let's talk Daniel Jones first. Um, I think a few of us, a little thrown off, he changes his agency and goes with new agents right before the start of free agency and this discussion. Um, as the general manager, did, did you see that change coming from Daniel and is this starting anew after all these talks you've had with other folks? Yeah, I kind of stayed out of the uh, the agent situation with Daniel. gave him a
12: little time to, to make his decision. He asked me to to give him a little bit of time after our exit interviews at the end of the season. So you know, I kind of gave him his space. And then once he you know he decided to part ways with his previous uh, agency, uh, things ramped up pretty quick with his his new group. And we've had productive talks throughout this week. You know, we met Monday, Tuesday. We met yesterday with them, and we'll we'll continue to to talk and see if we can get something done before Tuesday.
7: I think that's really interesting because everyone watching the combine at home might see behind me the field and the workouts and the players you just said you met with Daniel Jones agents Monday let's do it again Tuesday Let's do it again Wednesday. That's what happens when you have a franchise quarterback that you want to figure out a deal with. How are you feeling now as we start Thursday on the Daniel Jones conversation?
12: Yeah, the, you're starting to feel the time crunch a little bit. I wish we were a little bit closer on a deal uh, than what we are right now. But again, there's, there's still time. Uh, we're going to circle back up again today at some point and, and meet with his representatives. And again, Daniel played well this year. We'd like to have him back. You know, again, we have different Options in terms of whether it's a contract extension, whether or, or utilizing the franchise tag. So, in an ideal world, we'd get something done with him, and we're going to continue to you do work You guys obviously
7: that. are dealing with his representatives. We have personal relationship with the young man also, yeah. and you had this great ride this year. Is there interaction between you and Brian Dable with the player himself, or is it always just through the intermediaries during this kind of week?
12: Yeah, well, the way Daniel's uh, wired, he, he was in the building Monday getting a workout really? in. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> uh, yeah so I had a good conversation with Daniel uh, we've talked throughout this whole process and you know he he knows how we feel about him and he knows how Dave's and the coaching staff feels about him so uh, we, we do have those personal conversations and it, this is his first time going through free agency and I just tell him like you got there's a business side to this too that you haven't been exposed to so just understand like it's gonna get worse before it gets better and we'll, we'll, we'll find a way to bridge the gap and it doesn't change the way we feel about you so take out any type of personal or emotional and just understand it's a business and hopefully find a comfortable landing spot for both parts. Parties.
7: Easier said than done. Absolutely, you know, absolutely. You know. uh, Saquon Barkley also in this situation. How you handled that now, negotiating one situation, but also juggling the other at the same time?
12: Yeah, same deal with Saquon. It's, it's obviously been reported. We went to him over the bye week in November and, and then tried to get something done with him uh, during that time. And there was just, there was, it was a large gap at that time. And uh, we are starting to close that. We've had productive uh, conversations with his representatives as well. And again, we'll, we'll try to get something done. We, you know, we have until March 15th, you know, when free agency starts. So we'll keep hammering. In a way, and you know, again, he's a good player. He's he's um, you know a leader in the locker room, and, and he had a, a really good season for us. So you know, again, we'll, we'll keep working with them as well.
7: It's a rare deal to have two players who've been faces of the franchise over the past few years in the similar deal. When you took the job, did you anticipate that hey, 12 months from now, this might be what I'm looking at, and that might be the real bridge to cross? Yeah, I was hoping that would be. It's a good problem to have. It's a good, have. Problem yeah, have it good problem that both to guys have.
10: because
12: a good problem Absolutely, absolutely, and that's where you again, you know, Saquon went number two in the draft for a reason. So when he was coming out and you evaluate him, you're like, Jesus, this guy's a heck of a player. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he had really, you know, really good production early in his career and then un- had an unfortunate injury and no different than Daniel. You know, again, the, the supporting cast may be around him early on in his career. And one of our emphasis last offseason was, hey, how can we get the best out of Daniel Jones? And, um, you know, we made some improvements to the offensive line. And um, again, you know, we you know, we did our best to create an offense that would accentuate his strengths. And, you know, I feel, you know, you saw the results on the field.
7: yeah one of your great traits or something that always came with you from Buffalo and Miami was that you were a great evaluator of talent. This draft class as a whole, as you see all the names, I know you've been crunching the tape while you've also simultaneously been doing these discussions with free agents and pending free agents. How do you analyze this draft class and how does that apply to the New York Giants as we look towards 2023 and above?
12: Yeah, it's, uh, it's a good draft class, and it, some of it, you know, you always like, if it can, to mirror your needs, like, hey, it's a deep yeah. draft at position X, and we have a need there, so we're probably going to be able to address that there, but we're still in a situation where where we are, we're, you know, 13 months into this build that, you know, we can go ahead and take the best, you know, football player available, and I don't think you can go wrong adding good football players, so, again, if, if, if it matches up with a need, great, we could turn the card in, if not, you know, you can't go wrong taking good football players.
7: We go to the Combine, and it's how many years for you, do you know offhand?
12: Uh, you know, the funny thing is, I met Brandon and being here, I don't know if you remember that story, yeah. but uh, 22 years ago. So I didn't come in the combine, but 21 years where I've been working at the combine. 21 but, years working yeah.
7: at the combine. Your earliest combine memory, if you were to share it with a young buck who came here and said, hey, it's my <laughs> first combine. What do you got? Give me a good story.
12: Yeah. What would it be? It's a little different because back in the day... Um, you would have to go save seats for the staff at the height weights, and they were always like 7, 7.30 in the morning, so... What uh,
7: time was that alarm
12: going off? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you were over there at 4.30 in the morning, <laughs> laying on, you know, folding chairs, you know, 10 deep, because, you know, your boss wanted a front row seat, so, uh, I mean, there were several years, my first three or four years of the combine, that's what I was tasked with, being one of the younger scouts was saving seats, and you got to know other scouts, because they were there at 4.30 so in the morning for the door to, open to do the same thing, so luckily we don't have to do that anymore. No,
7: door <laughs> busters. Uh, yeah. Joe Shane, big Big week for you. Uh, I know Giants fans have full confidence that you can get this done, whatever that means. Uh, Enjoy the next few days of the combine, and thanks for joining Good Morning Football. Awesome. Thanks for
2: having me. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break. And consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget.
1: There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn
0: your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them.